Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionise your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series. And today we're going to be focusing on one of the skills from my Think, See, Do leadership model. We're going to be looking at the sixth skill out of the nine skills. And this is specifically what you do in communicating effectively with your people. Now, in this podcast and the accompanying article that's gone out as well with it, I'm going to be looking at three important areas as you seek to improve how you communicate and influence as a leader. And we'll come to those in a moment. Um, I mean, basically, as a leader, you're going to achieve considerably more if you can communicate effectively with your people, your staff, the people you outsource work to, your suppliers, your customers, and people you meet in general on your journey. Now, the three areas that I've chosen to focus on for this particular podcast episode to help you is about, firstly, building relationships in a general sense, holding more effective meetings. Oh, Lord, how much time is lost in meetings? And certainly from my experience, particularly in corporate world, so much time lost in meetings and not used productively. And finally some initial ideas on improving your presentation skills. But that whole area is going to be the subject of a separate podcast in its own right, because there's so much to talk about that. In fact, I do training on presentation skills via the East Midlands Chamber. So let's first of all look at the first of those three areas and how you build strong relationships in a general sense. Now, in my opinion, at the heart of how you communicate, First and foremost is how you relate to, your, relate to yourself first before the way you relate to others. Because your relationship with yourself will be the driving part of how you build relationships and communicate with other people. So let's explore that relationship with self. Your relationship with yourself comes down to how self-aware you are, how well you can manage your own thinking, reactions and emotions. Now the self-awareness part of that requires you to be much more conscious of your thinking emotions in my opinion i think one of the greatest lessons i've learned and i've covered it on other podcast episodes is that ability to observe your thinking and not maybe just be sucked up into it so if somebody says something or somebody communicates with you in a way that starts to trigger um, a thought process or an emotion it's becoming aware of that first And that really means observing how you think and the shifts in your emotional state and understanding why this is happening. Because the more self-aware you are, the more you understand what triggers particular thought processes or what triggers emotions, the more you'll be able to manage it. It also needs you to be able to be mindful of shifts in your physiological state as well. So it could be raised blood pressure it could be a bit of flushing it could be sweating it could be all those physiological triggers that show that there's an emotional reaction going on so being becoming more mindful of your triggers becoming more mindful of shifts in your physiological state then it can shift you into a more conscious state this this state where you can observe what's going on with you So interestingly enough, yeah, good communication for me or good relationships start with a relationship with you have with yourself. 
and particularly how self-aware you are of what triggers you. Then the, the second part of it, and you'll, you'll have heard this if you've ever looked at the emotional intelligence model of Daniel Goleman and others, is how you manage your thinking and how you manage your reactions. And a lot of that really comes from finding, in my opinion, comes from finding some space and making choices. Because the more that we are triggered by something somebody has said, and if we react quickly, whether again it might be an email that we respond to almost immediately, that means we haven't found space. We haven't found space and calm to make choices in how we're going to communicate back to the person. It's almost like being on autopilot. And if we're on autopilot, we're not choosing. And I think a lot of our reactions, whether they are in general conversation with people or in emails or whatever it might be, are very much more from a reactive place rather than finding some space and deciding how best to respond. So when we become more conscious and then find space to manage our actions, we can make choices and become a conscious leader and we can become conscious in our communication. So when that email comes in that makes you emotional, it needs you to pause, it needs you to find space for you to examine and shift how you think, how you see the situation or see that person's position and then act on that. And that act is then how you communicate. So we spent a bit of, bit of time there looking at your relationship with yourself and your self-awareness and your self-management. Now let's shift it to your relationship with others and how you, you go forward with that. Now, again, in my opinion, the biggest driver for improving your relationship with others, this can be in personal relationships as well as work relationships, is to develop your empathy. And... I'm sure most of you listening to the podcast will have a clear idea of the word empathy, but I do find that sometimes people might mistake empathy for sympathy. What empathy means in a nutshell is your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand their world and how they see a situation. To be able to understand their perspective. You may not agree with it, but at least taking time to understand them first. Now, the problem is, as leaders, I think we can often assume how someone thinks, how they feel, but by being more empathetic, it will lead us to spend more time really getting to grips with this and understanding it. Now, two very quick pieces of advice on this in terms of how to improve your your ability to empathise. And we've only got a short amount of time of the podcast, but I just wanted to give you a couple of thoughts on that. The first is improve your, your questioning skills so if somebody gives you um, an appreciation of their perspective or their position then dig deeper by asking good questions to understand this more clearly and, and this typically will be using the standard open questions who what where when how why as starters to questions but dig deep with some really good questions that can explore What's happening with somebody? Why are they thinking the way they are? What's, what's driven them to reach a point where they've got the perspective that they have? Now, the other piece of advice, as well as improving your questioning, is something I love and I talk often with my one-to-one clients about this, is, and that is to summarise your understanding to confirm the clarity. So that means that 
again, often we can go away from situations believing we've understood what somebody's perspective was or how they were thinking. But by playing it back to them before you walk away or before you move, remove yourself from that situation and summarising your understanding, that gives you chance to confirm clarity. Now, I've often found that if I've done this with somebody, I say, let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. Let me let me summarise back to you what I, what I believe you're saying here. And you say it to somebody and they say, no, that isn't 100% what I was trying to say. And you say, well, well could you explain that? A little further let me let me let me get a better understanding of where you are with this so two very simple techniques but very effective improve your questioning skills and summarize your understanding to confirm clarity that, those two things alone will really enhance your ability to empathize with other people whether that be people you, you might be your senior manager it may be your peers it may be your employees people in your team it may be your customers but really, really worth doing. So let's move on from building relationships in a general sense. We've looked at the two sides of that, relationship with self, relationship with others. Let's explore a particular aspect of communication. And I've chosen meetings um, because I, from my own experience and certainly from my work as a leadership coach and trainer and going around talking to people, and I'm sure you can relate to this listening to the podcast now. How many times have you sat in a meeting that has been unproductive and you wish that you'd never gone to the meeting or you could get out of it? And the problem is, if I describe a scenario, for example, how many of you have been to a meeting where, first of all, there's no agenda? There's no minutes or notes from the last meeting. There's no actions to follow up on you're invited to the meeting but you're not entirely sure why you should be there so you go to the meeting you're there on time but you don't turn up other people don't turn up on time maybe even the chair of the meeting is late so the meeting starts late it doesn't have a clear agenda it doesn't have a clear structure it goes off at tangents certain people hijack the meeting and use it to just talk about the points that are important to them then some people may leave before the end. The, the meeting runs over time. When you get out of the meeting, there's no minutes that come out. Or maybe the minutes don't come out for a week, couple of weeks or three weeks after the event. The minutes are too long, not clear, not concise enough. It's not clear what actions are expected of the people that were there. Those are just some of the examples of meetings I've been in the past and I'm sure you would relate to them as well. So I'm going to run through um, just a few snippets on ideas to improve your meetings. And there are a list of them, so I'm just, I'm just going to literally fire through them. And I'm really hoping that if you just take away one or two of these, uh, they will actually impact on the way that you, maybe if you're running meetings, how you run your meetings. But certainly you can look to influence the meetings that you're a part of. First of all, then, allocate specific time for your meetings. And it doesn't necessarily have to be 30 minutes, 60 minutes, two hours, half days. Could be 10 minutes, could be 25 minutes. Send out an agenda before the meeting with the purpose of the meeting, agenda items and the intended outcomes for the meeting, what we are looking to get out of it. Be ruthless with attendees. 
So actually be really, think really deeply about do all the people you've got on your list actually need to be there? There's that famous story from Steve Jobs at Apple where he he started a meeting and stopped it quite quickly and he looked at the new person from marketing and said, why are you here? And she said, well, I was asked to come to the meeting. He said, I can't see any purpose with you being at the meeting. I think it's best you leave. Now that can sound a bit rude and direct, but I think being much more ruthless with who you're going to invite to meetings. And if you're invited to a meeting, then don't necessarily feel you have to accept it. You could go back to the person and say, I'm not sure this is the right meeting for me to attend. Maybe seek some clarification on that. Confirm preparation that's needed for everyone and for you particularly before the meeting. So if you're not told what to do, are there any notes? Is there anything that needs to be read before? Make sure you can get hold of previous action minutes from the last meeting. Then when you get to the meeting itself, ensure the meeting's held in the best environment. It might be away from the normal uh, offices that you're at. It might be from the away from the normal meeting rooms. It might be going to a completely different setting. Sometimes, particularly if you want to be creative, it can stimulate new ideas by getting into a completely different environment. Then start the meeting on time. Have rules about whether devices should be allowed at present at the meeting or there should be rules about their use. Again, I'm finding it more and more the case now that people are sat in meetings, but they're looking at the phone. You could stand up for short meetings. I used to run project meetings in corporate world when we got a serious uh, project on and maybe we were meeting daily because we really wanted to keep a focus on what needed sorted out and the problems. I'd bring my team in and we'd stand up for 15 minutes because it gets the meetings moving along quicker. And I often find that people are more focused and their their attention is, is stronger. You could summarise and recap for clarity through the meeting. So where are we so far and what have we been discussing and what have we got through? Work to involve everyone. So that means the introverts and the quieter people as well. It isn't the case that those who talk loudest are the ones necessarily with the best ideas. So look to involve others. I'll sometimes, when I'm running a meeting, invite an opinion from somebody who's been quiet throughout it. Keep an eye on the time. Keep the meeting on track and finish on time wouldn't people appreciate that and actually even better maybe finish three or four minutes before and then after ensure your minutes are succinct based around actions if you're doing the minutes um, and ensure that they go out within 24 hours arrange the follow-up meetings and then follow up on actions and don't just wait until the next meeting so that was a bit of a whistle-stop tour through some ideas to improve your meetings but as I say if you take away two or three ideas from that I think they'll make a difference and it could revolutionise the way you, you're holding meetings if you start to build most of those in and maybe some ideas that you, you've you actually had but never implemented for your meetings as well. So we've looked at building relationships in a general sense. We've then looked at one particular aspect of communication, which was meaningful meetings Now, finally, in relation to communication, I wanted to talk more about the one-to-many model in terms of presenting. This could be public speaking, it could be an internal presentation, it could be sales presentations that you are doing for prospects and, and potential customers. 
Now, as I said, there is so much that could be covered in this, and I will do a separate podcast on presentation skills. And I say, if you are interested, I'm running training on this topic with East Midlands Chamber. I do a two-day training course. So if raising your game as a presenter is really important to you, then check out my leadership training workshop website. Uh, And if you go to the presentation um, skills services page you can see some information on events that are coming up because we run those probably about three times a year but just to start you off i'm going to give you six tips or six aspects of presenting that i think if you raise your game in those it will make a significant difference and you know one of the great things about presentation skills coaching and training in fact funnily enough i had a call from somebody interested in one-to-one coaching right before i was about to do this podcast the great thing i think about it is i love doing all my work in coaching and training but the one i think that can have the biggest impact in the shortest amount of time is changing the way somebody presents you can give somebody some advice about the way they present and they go off and they can do something differently within 24 hours and I think that's the great thing about it because I'm sure like myself you've seen a lot of presentations where it just doesn't grab your attention it's not clear it's not interesting enough and there are there are a lot of mistakes made simple mistakes made in presenting so let's look at those six tips firstly in relation to preparation collect ideas as you go along and don't edit your content too soon so If you've got a subject to present on, don't start editing and deciding what's going to go in and what's going to go out of it too quickly. There was the famous story about Abraham Lincoln that when he was doing one of his great speeches, he would walk around with his his hat on. And if he had ideas, he'd write them down on a piece of paper and shove up into his hat. And then when he was finally coming to put things together, he'd empty all his ideas out and then decide whether the idea was going to be a good one to include or not to include. So allow yourself to think more freely about what you might cover in the presentation, whatever kind of presentation it is. And one brilliant technique I found uh, in the past is to use post-it notes or or mind mapping. But post-it notes in particular is a great one. When I wrote my book three years ago, what I did was initially had a, a load of ideas about topics and areas I might include in the book and I wrote them down on post-its then got a big A3 piece of paper and started putting the post-its down into a structure and deciding which post-its needed consigning to the to the bin and weren't going to be included. So you can dynamically build a presentation, training course, um, a book. I've, I've used it for all of those things by just putting all your ideas on a post-it and then either using a wall, a piece of A3 paper, as I mentioned, and actually just starting to position them and thinking, what is a a main topic theme? What's a subtopic theme? How do they group together? Which ones need to stay? Which ones need to go? So there you go. On preparation, don't edit yourself too soon. Collect lots of ideas and then start to decide and edit them further down the line potentially using that post-its technique the second area in relation to presenting at your peak as i like to call it is around your confidence level and your self-belief now i don't know if you've ever heard this term but the number one phobia in the world allegedly is glossophobia 
the fear of public speaking. And there are some techniques that can really help you in terms of building your confidence and putting you in a much better state. And I find I one of the one of the best things to do, to be honest, is to actually build a routine. So before I go out to speak, I have a, f- a number of things that I do and I have them written down so that I don't forget anything. Because, you know, we all can forget things, particularly when the situation is a little pressurised. So being more mindful about how you're thinking leading up to a presentation or event and gain some control over this is really important. And having a routine before you actually go up to speak is really helpful. So I'll just get I'll give you a couple of examples of things that I have in my routine when I'm going up to speak. First one is I use a visualization technique. And what the, the technique I particularly like is called the circle of excellence. So what I do is before I go up there, maybe as I'm driving to an event or if I've got some time before, is I run through in my mind and visualize past experiences where I've had really successful public speaking engagements, presentations, training workshops. And I think about certain certain states that I got into in those particular situations and go back to those. So you can do this in all sorts of ways. You may have heard of anchoring where you touch three knuckles on your hand maybe and you've got three great memories of past events that you where you've done something really well. Maybe it's a sales meeting that went really well. But some form of visualization technique or a technique that puts you in a really good emotional state, particularly by using past events that have gone really well or potentially visualizing the event or presentation you're about to do and visualizing it in a way where it's gone fantastically well what would be happening people will be looking at you really attentively there'll be a lot of questions people have come up to you ask after shaking your hand saying what a great presentation it was so that whole area is worth exploring for you the second thing is this seems really simple but focus on your breathing, particularly just before you start. So rather than getting cluttered in your head, thinking about, oh my God, they're not gonna like me, it's gonna go terrible. Just think, okay, to clear the clutter, I am going to focus on breathing in and out deeply. Really nice thing to do, especially in the last few minutes before you're gonna present. Maybe turn away from the audience, have a drink, and then just quietly focus on some deep breathing to bring yourself some calm. We could talk um, endlessly about confidence building techniques, but I just wanted to share those couple of ideas. So third aspect of presenting well is engaging the audience. So, So I think that, and this picks up on the empathy uh, idea again, is show an interest in them first. That could be using eye contact. In particular, it means using a lot more you language rather than I and we language. It's amazing if you look at other people's presentations or maybe reflect on how you present, how often we use I language. Now that can be pertinent if we're talking about a story about ourselves, but using way more you language in your your communication in general is great, your marketing communication, but particularly in your talks, think about how you can use more you language to show more interest in the audience. And then 
look to get a bit of interaction going. That could just be getting people to put their hands up to questions or inviting, if you feel comfortable with this, inviting questions and points during your talk or your presentation and being comfortable, spending a bit of time responding to those and making sure that you've actually dealt with any queries or issues that people have. So there you go. In terms of engaging, engaging the audience, it is about showing an interest in them. Fourth aspect of presentation skills is the use of language in the voice. So again, just some simple ideas on this podcast episode. Vary your tone of your voice. So sometimes you may want to go more deep. Sometimes you may want to raise your tone, but use more tonal variety because you could be talking about the most interesting topic in the world. But if you sit there all in one tone continuously, you will put people to sleep. <laughs> so there you go. Use the language and the voice. And then also use stories to shift the emotional state of your audience and keep them interested. Use both stories and powerful words and language that will shift people's emotional state and grab their attention. So a couple of more aspects of presentations and presentation skills for you to think about. So the fifth area in terms of improving your presentation skills is the physical aspect of presenting. First of all, this is about your body language. So using some more purposeful movement and body language in the way you present. That could be having particular points of the stage or where you're presenting to go to to do certain things. So if you're going to tell a story or give a, or talk about a case study, maybe you go to a particular place on the stage, but it's having some purposeful movement in the way that you use your body. And then also think about the visual aids that you're going to be using. Now, often that can be presentation slides, but it may be using flip charts. It may also be about using some props. I've used some props in the past and I've seen people make some fantastic use of props in their presentations. So have a think about what you can do to improve your use of visual aids. Finally, and this really should come first, think about the results that you want to achieve for your presentation. This should be really in the preparation stage. What would make your presentation, your talk, your training session, whatever it might be, what would make that a success? Because knowing the results you want to achieve from the very start is fundamental and then doing everything you can during the preparation, certainly in the delivery, to achieve those very things. Just a quick story on that. I worked with a solicitor once who did quite a lot of public speaking and he brought me in to do some one-to-one -one coaching with him. And I said, what do you want to achieve by the, from this talk? He said, I want to get as many people in the room to sign up to my newsletter. So I said, great. Everything we're going to do in terms of putting this presentation together and how you deliver it, and certainly how you end it, will be about driving people to do that. So there you go, six different aspects of presentation skills for you to think about in terms of improving your presentation skills. Preparation, confidence, engaging the audience, use of language in the voice, physical aspects of presenting, and most importantly of, of all, making sure you're focused on getting and achieving the right results. So I hope you found this podcast stimulated your thinking on how you can up your game in terms of communication and influence. As I said, whether that be with your own manager, your peers, your employees, your suppliers, your customers. And... 
please feel free to subscribe to the podcast series so you're going to pick up on all the further episodes that we're doing both on skills and the variety of interviews we do so thank you very much again for joining me for this what must be nearly 30 minute podcast episode on communication skills and i look forward to spending time with you on future podcast episodes of the leadership mindset thing to see do series thank you If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.